Lovely day for tennis, eh? Game set match. This is Tennis Talk Canada with Jim Taddy on TSN 1050. Welcome aboard. Here we go. Tennis Talk Canada. Jim Taddy and Ken Cressina with you. And uh, plenty of action to cover as the French Open is now completing its seventh day and already noteworthy for Canadians. Ken, how are you this week? I'm doing great, Jim. Uh, happy to be back with Tennis Talk Canada on a lovely day for tennis. A little warm out there today, but still a lovely day nonetheless. It is lovely, and I should uh, advise everybody why we're starting an hour early. It's because of the World Hockey Championships. And just to update, Canada 4-2 over the USA. Canada goes to the gold medal game tomorrow at 1. Coming up right after this show at 11 a.m., it'll be Germany against Finland, and the winner of that plays Canada in the gold medal game again at 1 tomorrow on radio right here on TSN 1050 and, of course, on the TV side as well. OwlMortgage.ca is here to help educate first-time and existing homeowners on how to use your mortgage as a tool to build wealth through real estate. While many feel the new stress test hinders borrowers, OwlMortgage.ca can teach you how to grow your net worth. So OwlMortgage.ca, call them at 416-613-LEND, L-E-N-D, today. So plenty of stuff going on. Kenny, uh, with the tennis this morning, uh, Djokovic gets through again with ease, and Sloan Stevens gets through as well. What did you make of both those matches? Well, I tell you, Novak just continues to amaze me and I'm sure many people or maybe people are used to it by now, but he continues just to play outstanding tennis, especially on the dirt. You know, he he was six of nine on break points in the match and gave up zero chances against on his serve. He only gave up six games. Uh, You know, you're playing world-class players on a surface that lends itself to long points uh, it, it's really an equalizer of sorts. You know, you rarely see a match like this where you can just wipe somebody off the court on clay courts because people are able to find a way to stay in points and stick around, but not against the great Novak. And, you know, I, I, I've never, he's never been my favorite to watch. He's never been my favorite player that's out there, but he continues to impress and amaze me. And, and I can, I'm starting to sway to think, you know, maybe, just maybe, you know, I haven't given him enough of a look or enough of credit or maybe those things that he's done, um, you know, in the past have kind of irked me. I've got to put them aside because he just continues to play great tennis. He had 30 winners, only 18 unforced errors. You know, that's the way you have to do it on the clay court. And and he, you know, he wins 6-1, 6-4, 6-1 and moves on to the next round. He, he really is something special to watch and uh, totally impressed. And on the other hand, Sloane Stevens is coming back. You know, she's gone through a little bit of a, uh, a slump on tour. I think she's had um, COVID kind of ran its way through her family. Some of her family members, unfortunately, contacted COVID and, and that probably took a toll on her on the mental side of the game. And, and uh, you know, her worries were kind of elsewhere rather than on the tennis court. And I think she just, um, you know, there's there's dips and valleys and as you play on on the tour. And but now she's back. She played great tennis again today, and she's a very likable person. She spent a lot of time in Toronto, um, and uh, I know a young local pro by the name of Taylor Hawthorne that was traveling with her as her hitting partner for a long time, and he always spoke so highly of Sloane Stevens. And uh, I'm, I'm happy to see her doing well. She's totally um a likable person and hits the ball so clean and so well so 
nice to see again that uh, her game is coming back. So lots of great action. We're, we're really happy to see it all. We're going to dive into the Canadian story very shortly. Let's go back to Djokovic for for a second. Um, I, I don't know if this is this really applies. I'm trying to find the right word. What what is it about him that that you're you're not connecting with? And I, and I think a lot of people would agree. Is, is it an arrogance? Is it um, a coldness? Uh, you know, because sometimes you make a judgment on somebody you see. Uh, you're only seeing them in competition. I mean, you never really get to see the real guy. You're 100 percent right, and I think it's that arrogance. But you have to have that arrogance to be great. You know, most great sure. athletes have that arrogance. You have to have that confidence, that cockiness, that, but some great athletes find a way to kind of only use that from their inner self when they're out on court and when they're off court, when they're doing their interviews. And even when they're on court, you can't always see it come across in such a way. And I, like many have found that Djokovic has that arrogance that it's just, it's offsetting, I guess, for me. Now, does it take away from what he's done on tour? Absolutely not. It's just that I don't feel for me, he's my favorite player when he's out there playing. If he's playing against Federer, I tend to, f to vote for Federer. If he's playing against Nadal, I tend to cheer on and, and vote for Nadal. Um, I just have found them to be more likable. But what Djokovic has done, uh, the way, you know, he a couple of years ago, he won 41 matches to start the, the, uh, the year until Federer uh, finally defeated him. He, he has just, he has taken his game and the game of tennis to the next level. And in turn, he's made Federer better. He's made Nadal better. He's made these youngsters coming up better. Um, but he continues to be number one in the world for a reason. Because he's fierce. He's competitive. He's probably arrogant, as we, as you had just mentioned. Is, is it that that bothers us a bit as a fan sometimes? But, uh, you know, give credit where credit is due. He's arguably the greatest player of all time. And I don't know that I would agree with that always, but certainly right now he's proving that he is really number one in the world and self and so deserving of that uh, title. Well, I just want to say, I think there's a void there. I mean, you know, the the professional athletes, they're such a part of our lives. We watch so much of them. We only see them in competition. Uh, we think we know them. Uh, you're making judgments on actions in the heat of the moment in a championship or a sound bite that, that's taken out of context. And, and really, you don't know. I'll give you an example. Like, I didn't know what to think of Nadal. Obviously, there's that record at the French Open, which is just phenomenal. There was a piece on 60 Minutes, I think it was three weeks ago, which and it was a rare sort of. Uh, all access where he they, they talked about where he was from and what all this meant to him and then you go oh okay I, I get it but there was no way to, to know that before and it, it was just a really nice sort of story that, that gave you background and who the guy is what all this means and it sort of gives you context to, to understand the body language that you see I agree with that a hundred percent Jim and and I think you know, we can only see from many star athletes, whether it's tennis, hockey, basketball, what's presented to us by the by the media, what's presented to us on the sound bites and the clips that we see. For the most part, we don't ever really get to see those people away from the game. And I bet if if I had the opportunity to spend time with Novak playing table tennis somewhere, or you know, ran into him skipping rocks on a on a nice beach in the middle of middle of nowhere. He would probably be, in my opinion, a totally different person that you would see when he's out on the on the main stage competing. Um, but in, until you have that opportunity, it's really tough to judge. 
And maybe I've judged too harshly of him because I've only seen him when he's competing at the highest level. I really haven't done much with Novak or seen Novak much away from the game. I know I've talked to Carl Hale, who's a strong supporter of Novak and says so many great things about him. Carl is the tournament director of the tournament in Toronto. So he's, he's had that opportunity to spend a lot of time with him. Um, I know having spent a lot of time with some hockey guys in Toronto at, uh, at the ping pong tournament that they hold, the hockey guys away from the ice and away from the game are some of the nicest guys you could meet. And the, set, the same can probably be said for a, a guy like Novak when you get him off that tennis court and that fierce competition or that fierce competitive spirit that he has when he's out there. Yeah, you can understand the flip side of that. And so if you are one of those athletes and people can continually come at you with that little sort of sliver of knowledge, I mean, you have the perspective of your whole life and you keep getting sort of approached on that one little sliver, that, that could be offensive after a while, I, I might suggest. <laughs> oh, absolutely. You know, and I grew up playing against a guy by the name of Andrew Schneider who went on to be top 50 in the world for a brief time played Davis Cup for Canada, was a strong supporter of tennis in this country. And Andrew, on court, he and I battled head-to-head uh, -head and, and really had a dislike for each other the second we stepped on the tennis court. And that would carry over after the match for a day or two. But then when I would see him, you know, outside of that, that competitiveness, it, it took a little while, but we would warm up to each other and get along with each other very well. So... You know, I don't know if I ran into Andrew today, if we would talk about the battles that we had on court and that almost hatred for each other, or if we would talk to each other about, you know, having a beer and, and how we kind of got along later on when we weren't as competitive with each other on a tennis court. And I'm sure that can be said for a lot of the tennis players. You can hear it with the, the you know, the sound bites between Novak and Kyrgios. But in 10 years, I bet you Novak and Kyrgios will get along so great because they are both super competitive athletes. Forgot to mention, and we should plug this uh, bottom of the hour, James Boyce, CEO and uh, president of Tennis Ontario, will stop by. Whatever your home means to you, owlmortgage.ca and its expert staff can help turn your home ownership dreams into a reality that you and your family can be proud of. With education and a plan, owlmortgage.ca will grow your net worth through real estate. Call 416-613-LEND today. So let's get into the Canadian story. This is um, you know, a similar story uh, for all three that were in and, and Raonic uh, pulled out, uh, withdrew just before it all started. Uh, let's go to uh, Leila Fernandez, who had a first-round breeze and second-round disappointment. What did you make of, of her French Open? Yeah, absolutely. It was a very, very much a first-round breeze and a second-round disappointment. You know, losing to Madison Keys six one seven five in the second round. Some things that she did so well in the first round that just didn't seem to carry over. And, and Layla's at that age or, uh, you know, that let's call it the entry onto the WTA tour and playing in these slams where the pressure can get to you. The mind can be a little bit tough to kind of carry over that strength. In the second round, she had zero aces compared to Madison Key's six aces and six double faults Layla did. So that second serve and that second serve toss and even that first serve toss can be a problem for her under pressure. I expect that over time and the more she plays on tour, um, she'll overcome that and she'll, you know, she'll find a way to kind of strengthen um, the mind a little bit and don't let that right, that right hand waver when she's tossing the ball. She only served at 58% uh, first serve in that match against Madison Keys and then only won 49% of those points. A little bit of that, Jim, is that she's pressuring herself to hit a better serve because Madison was 
uh, stepping in and crunching the ball so much. Um, you know, Madison Keys winning the match, 6-1-7-5, her first serve percentage was at 75%, so substantially higher than uh, Layla's. But the number that really jumps off the match stat page, and when you're watching the match, you know, it's a little bit frustrating, is she had six winners, Layla did, but 23 unforced errors. That's not going to get it done. It's not going to get it done on hard courts. It's not going to get it done on clay courts. And it's certainly not going to get it done against somebody that hits the ball as well as Madison Keys. You know, Keys, on the other hand, hit 31 winners and had 31 unforced errors. You want those numbers to be close together or the winners being a little bit higher than the unforced errors. If you go six winners and 23 unforced errors, as Leila Fernandez did, you're going to be hard-pressed to win a match on the WTA Tour or the ATP Tour, for that matter. And that, that kind of proved what happened out there. Now, in fairness to our Canadians that are playing... The red dirt, the clay, is the most challenging surface, in my opinion, for a Canadian to play on. Because when we're growing up, there are very, very few red clay courts around this country. And it's, it's a real challenge for us to get used to what that ball does on the clay. And if those of you that sat at home and, and watched on TSN, the Leila Fernandez match, you would have noticed that a lot of balls that she, were hitting, she was hitting were up high, almost at shoulder height. And that's because of the bounce of the ball. And she would have been well advised to move forward a little bit more take that ball on the rise or even back up a little bit more and let that ball come down lower so she's able to be a little bit more aggressive on a ball that would be more in her strike zone but a disappointing result but let's face it she's young and she's on the rise her, her ranking continues to move up on the wta tour jim yeah well said uh, here she is post-match and, and obviously not very happy um during the match i felt pretty pretty mad at myself <laughs> let's just say that I didn't play a very good match um, I was it may seem harsh but I was disgusted with the way I played in the first set second set too even though the scoreline may, may might have looked better it was the same result making basic mistakes not following the game plan my coaches uh, put up for me so yeah I'm, I'm just not happy with my with my level of play but why do you think you, you couldn't follow the, the, the plan? Well, let's just say maturity, uh, plain and simple. Um, I, uh, let's say lack of professionalism, maturity, uh, following the game plan that they set up for me. I, I was stupid enough to try to do something else and on the court, seeing trying to do something i don't know what i was trying to do but uh it obviously didn't go my way but it's all a learning curve obviously yeah. you did really well here in 2019 winning mm -hmm. juniors you made it to the third round yeah. uh, last year what do you take from this participation here at holanda uh, on the singles of course well there's a lot of things that i gotta work on and get better at um Hopefully I'll be back next year, but uh, we'll take this one uh, one tournament at a time, uh, focus for the grass season, and hopefully I'll be able to play the Olympics. Yes, yeah. you still have the doubles, you mm -hmm. have the grass uh, season, you have the Olympics. How mm -hmm. do you look uh, towards the, the rest of the season? Um, like I said, I'll take this one day at a time. I'll talk with my coaches, especially with uh, with my dad, who's my main coach. Uh, he knows uh, what we need to work on the, and what I need to do better. So um, we'll go back, um, find the court, and just train as much as we can uh, before uh, grass. Thank you very much, Leila. Thank Good you. Luck. 
Leila Fernandez not very happy. When we come back, we'll deal with Felix and, and Bianca. As demonstrated with two decades' worth of giving advice in CP24's weekly hot property program, Vince Gaetano of OwlMortgage.ca has educated homeowners on how to utilize their home to build wealth. Follow Vince on Instagram at VinceGMortgage or DM directly with your personal questions. This is Tennis Talk Canada on TSN 1050, TSN1050.ca. Also available on the TSN and iHeartRadio apps. You're listening to Tennis Talk Canada on TSN 1050. Here's Jim Taddy. This segment of Tennis Talk Canada is sponsored by the Fox Group at IG Private Wealth Management. Getting your financial planning in order is very important. This past year has taught us to expect the unexpected. So I feel comfortable and confident recommending Don Fox and his team to you. The Fox Group will provide a written plan that will be tailored specifically for you and will reflect your goals and aspirations. It will be reviewed with you regularly and updated or adjusted to reflect major changes in circumstances or life events. The planning process begins with you in mind. The Fox Group inspiring clients to achieve achieve true wealth contact the fox group at their website donfox.net or follow on twitter at fox group pwm jim taddy and ken christina with you this is tennis talk canada next week we'll return to our normal time at 11 a.m moved to because of world hockey and of course germany against finland at 11 this morning to figure out who plays canada in the gold so let's go back to kenny the french open and felix had an early exit as well and and of course he was not happy no, absolutely not. In a match that Felix should have won, uh, he lost to Seppi 6-3-7-6-4-6-6-4. I do a weekly kind of chat with some members of Mayfair. We get together online. It's like a Zoom, like a Zoom fun little time. And the Felix Seppi match happened to be on TSN at the time, and it was so frustrating for all of us as we watched it. And you know, Felix, I, I would almost take the quote that we just heard from Layla and say all the exact same things about or what Felix should say about how he played. I'm sure he went into that match with a strategy and a game plan, but it certainly didn't seem to me watching it that he followed much of it at all. You know, there's a few things that jump out from the match having watched it. Firstly, he only hit 36 winners compared with 60 unforced errors. That's minus 24 in that category. You know, good luck beating anybody on tour if you're minus 24 and you're winners to unforced errors. Um, It's just not going to happen. Seppi's smart enough to stick around in in the match to kind of keep the ball in play. He's he's a grinder. He's not going to hit a ton of winners. He's going to make you be patient and win points. And Felix just... For whatever reason, he tries shots that are, you know, highlight real shots, for lack of a better phrase. With the hockey playoffs going on, that might be a great phrase for people to kind of latch onto. He's falling off of his back foot. He's leaning back. He's off the court, and he's trying to hit these pinpoint winner shots that just won't work. Another another stat: he was only two of twelve. Felix was on break points. You know, in a close match that like that, you've got to be able to t- take away that. On those break points, you've just got to play a little bit smarter, a little bit more patient, make your opponent hit a few extra shots. The pressure's on your opponent on those points. And if you can stay in the rallies a little bit longer, the pressure's on them to do a little bit more with the ball. And uh, I, don't, I don't know what it is, you know. Um, Felix got to the net only 20 times in the match, but he was only successful on 10 of those points. And yes, he fought back hard being down, I think it was 4-2 in the third set and came back and won at 6-4. But he's continuing to play the same style of matches in the matches that he loses. And I'm sure it's frustrating for him and his team, but it's a maturity thing, much like Layla kind of um, 
said in her in her um, statement there that it, it's a challenge when you're out there. You're on an island, and if things aren't going well, it's it's easy to get sidetracked. Unfortunately, when you're kind of 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, and he'll come into his own, I'm sure. But that's got to be a match that he walks away from thinking. I let that one get away. There's no way I should have lost that match at all, and I'm I, I, I'm sure Felix feels that way. Yeah, well, uh, he does. He's he's he was upset. Here's his uh, post match uh, press conference. Well, it's a tough day for me. Uh, it's tough to explain my performance. You know, uh, I don't feel good with myself right now. Of course, it's uh, yeah, it's difficult to accept. You know, uh, I didn't see it coming. I was practicing well the last few days. I was feeling good. Of course, bad start, but then you know I had too many chances to to let that first, the second set go, and then again in the fourth set I just felt like I could do better, and it's very frustrating, you know, to to accept. But I'm gonna try to see how I can improve and and, and come back stronger. Yeah, those small mistakes that that happened uh, during the match. Do you think it was a more mental aspect? How, how do you see it? Well, yeah, conditions tough to control, very hot, and then, yeah, mentally, just not playing well, you know, the important points. Uh, I, I had, you know, I had chances um, in the second set again. I, in those good moments uh, where there was my momentum, uh, I didn't uh, play well, and I gave too many free points. Uh, I think he was solid and played well on his part. Experienced player, so credit to him, but uh, definitely uh, not a good level for me today. Yeah. Uh, you're a very t talented tennis player. Uh, how do you see uh, the rest of the season? Which aspects you you think you need to focus more, and in terms of planning as well? Well, now, yeah, a few days, and then uh, we'll see. You know, uh, which uh, tournament I start with on the grass, and then uh, I'm gonna try to raise my level. You know, uh, uh, keep uh, being determined to do better. Uh, it's a tricky situation, but I think I'll, I'll find a way, you know, um, and uh, yeah, I just need to be better and better uh, weeks after weeks, and uh, hopefully I find my groove uh, again. Yeah. Recently, you started working with uh, Tony Nadal. How much do you think he can help you improve these uh, small aspects that you need to work on? You know, we've been working well, you know, in practice um, since uh, December. Uh, We've had some really good practice blocks. Uh, we didn't get the results we wanted on the clay. Uh, far from that, you know, today's is again very disappointing to end like this, the clay season. Tony has done some good work uh, with me, with Fred, my coach, and, and myself. Again, we were practicing well. Uh, I feel like he can help me in the future, but uh, yeah, I have to be patient and, and keep working to, to find the results I want. Thank you very much, Felix. Good luck. Thank you. So, Kenny, I mean, I think what we're talking about here is, is figuring out how to manage your game when, it, when it's not working well. And I want to take you back a couple of weeks to, I think it was in Rome, Dennis against Nadal, and Dennis had him. And if you watch that, that, that match, you would see the look on Nadal's face in, in the search for the right answer. And, boy, did he find it. And that's what the greats do. And that's what we're talking about with Leila and Felix, figuring that out, aren't we? Absolutely. And I, I, as we move forward here, Jim, it, it's tough to listen to Felix when he talks like that and to Layla, right? Because you, yeah. you want so many good things for them. But I agree with you that they, they just have to find a way. And, you know, if I was Felix, I would take my wristband and on the inside of it, uh, you know, the outside is, is going to have his sponsor, which is, I believe, Adidas right now. And on the inside of it, I would write just the word patient. 
-hmm. And every time I was struggling, I would just turn that wrist towards me and just keep seeing that word patient. He used the word patient at least once or twice in that, in that clip there. And he's just got to find a way when he's playing those matches to be patient. And Nadal does it. You know, the, the great players will do it when they're not playing their best tennis. They don't go for the lines. They don't go for the corners. They just find a groove, work the point, hit down the middle, down the middle, down the middle. Make your opponent keep hitting shots, hitting shots, and find a way to get the groove back into the game. You know, Felix said, I was training great this week. I didn't see it coming. Well, while the match is going on, you have to find a way to, to get back to that hitting great. And by doing that, you hit safer shots that builds your confidence, that works your game, and then that gets your game to the next level. The great players do it. The Novaks, the Rogers, the, the Monica Sellis, all the great players over time have found ways to do it. Our young Canadians are on the cusp of being great, and they will find ways to do it in matches. It's just going to take a little time, and sometimes it's hard to have that patience, especially when you're in Toronto, and we keep hearing that about the Toronto Maple Leafs. <laughs> you had to go there. But that's another conversation. I, I just I like the road we're going down, but we have to uh, bail out here because James Boyce, uh, CEO and uh, president of Tennis Ontario, is next. Later on, we'll deal with what happened to Bianca in the uh, the first round of the French Open. This segment of Tennis Talk Canada is sponsored by the Fox Group at IG Private Wealth Management. Getting your financial planning in order is very important. This past year has taught us to expect the unexpected, so I feel comfortable and confident recommending Don Fox and his team to you. The Fox Group will provide a written plan that will be tailored specifically for you, will reflect your goals and aspirations. It will be reviewed with you regularly and updated or adjusted to reflect major changes in circumstances or life events. The planning process begins with you in mind, the Fox Group, inspiring clients to achieve true wealth. Contact the Fox Group at their website, donfox.net, or follow on Twitter at Fox Group. PWM. Racket Guys is Canada's largest selection of tennis gear at the guaranteed lowest price. Shop online at racketguys.ca or visit their Markham Superstore for expert advice. This is Tennis Talk Canada and TSN 1050, tsn1050.ca, also available on the TSN and iHeartRadio apps. You're listening to Tennis Talk Canada on TSN 1050. Here's Jim Taddy. Welcome back, Jim Taddy and Ken Christina with you. This segment is brought to you by Scoglin Homes. Considering selling your home in the GTA, do not just rely on a strong market. Call Eric Scoglin and maximize your sale price with the Scoglin Homes comprehensive listing plan with luxurious staging, eye-catching video marketing, drone photography, and a large database of qualified buyers looking for homes just like yours. Call 647-300-7019. Speak to Eric directly or check out scoglinhomes.com to make the right decision around your largest investment. Let's bring in Jim Boyce now, the CEO and president of Tennis Ontario. Jimmy, how are you today? I'm great, Jim. How are you? Good, good. Fine, thanks. Uh, Kenny, say hello. He's your buddy, right? Yes. Well, Mr. Boyce and I have had many battles over the years uh, on court. Uh, if you listen to what he would say, he's probably leading the charge against me, but uh, he's been ducking me the last decade. I'm not sure why. How you doing there, Mr. Boyce? I'm fine, Ken. How are you? Good. <laughs> hey, good. good, thanks. Good. <laughs> listen, I, I want to say thank you first for the, the job that the Ontario Tennis Association has done in, in sending information and keeping tennis clubs abreast of what's going on in these challenging times. Um, your communication has been outstanding, so thank you for that. And uh, keep getting that you know, sort of approached on that one. Even in your last email, you um, you sent to me. You said uh, 
you know, I'll get back to you on the information concerning indoor tennis because, you know, obviously for Mayfair clubs, we're looking for indoor tennis, but we certainly appreciate the fact that you've kept us in the loop as far as outdoor tennis and what our clubs can do. Can you just kind of let us know where we're at with outdoor tennis with clubs and coaching and things like that? What, what, what you're seeing and what you're hearing? Well, Ken and Jim, it's been, uh, <laughs> it's been an interesting 16 months or 14 months. I can tell you the government, uh, uh, the messages that they put out, as we all know, are so mixed and, and uh, very big. What it, what, and this is to answer your question. Right now, there are some municipalities, for instance, Vaughan and Ottawa, won't allow doubles to be played, uh, whereas Toronto will let doubles and uh, leagues and uh, so forth and so on be played. So, you know, to, to answer your question, it's just a mixed bag throughout the whole province. You would think that they would let one ruling sweep the whole province. Everybody's under the same jurisdiction. But what they've done is they've allowed the local health units to interpret the, to interpret the rules. However, the one rule that seems to be sticking right across the province is that uh, pros can't teach. And I right. met with uh, I met with the premier's inner office about I don't know I guess it was I think I, I sent out an uh, an email blast about it. it was about two and a half three weeks ago, and I I, I was at the meeting with Michael Downey, and uh, I mean they just basically told us you know it's not about your arguments we get it we understand. Um, but as it stands right now, the premier is not prepared to move on anything until the infection rates drop dramatically and the ICU unit uh, stop being filled up. So they, they just didn't even want to hear about, you know, the medical stuff. You could bring as many specialists as you wanted. So, I mean, it was just he, he had just decided just to close everything down. So hopefully we've been told that... Uh, you know, things are brightening up. I mean, the, the infections are below 1,000. The ICU units are, re- are reduced. So hopefully they'll open up things. I mean, you know, and, and I feel for you guys at Mayfair because, you know, they're not going to be easy on the indoor stuff, I can tell you. I, we don't even have a, a, a schedule on when they'll allow it. So Right. Yeah, it seems like it's... Yep, go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, I agree with you. It seems like it's going to be a while out, which is fine. You know, at Mayfair Clubs and, and all of our indoor facilities across Canada, everybody's being patient. And we know that, you know, the health and well-being of people and the health and well-being of our, of our healthcare workers in the system is really what we have to get to. So, But I agree with you. I think teaching on outdoor courts should be back. I mean, you can be 80 feet away and 40 feet minimum away from your client when you're out there. I know some coaches are taking six balls and kind of hitting with people and calling it a lesson and things like that. I mean, that people are, you know, they're hungry. They need to, they need to coach to make money to feed their families and pay their bills. Um, are you, well, that, are you current? Just that, Ken, you're absolutely right. And I said, why will you allow a group of people, five, to congregate? Why will you allow a group of four to play doubles, but you won't let a pro teach a private lesson or a clinic? It, it it makes no sense. Yeah, I I agree with you a hundred percent. Where are we with tournaments and things like that? Because you and I both grew up playing tennis in this in, in in this country, and you know I remember playing, especially in the summertime. I would play a tournament every single week. And is there any 
you know, hope in sight for the for the youth of, of today to start playing again. And and yourself, I know you still play ITF events um, and, and senior tournaments across this country. What, what's the hope there for for the young players and our competitive seniors to to, to play tournaments again? Well, you know, there's another challenge. Um, I know Cardic in my development team <clears throat> right now, uh, we prepared a schedule, you know, back in March as of May 1st. So, as you know, every week that goes by, we have to postpone and cancel. Um, the, the target now is the first, from what I, from what I gathered with, with my meeting with Cardic yesterday, uh, the target is the first week in July. We had a, originally thought that we could start uh, in the middle of June, but unless the unless the government starts to really open up things, we just don't see it happening. Because as you know, Ken, I mean the tournaments run province wide, so you know we may be able to say run a tournament in Toronto, but not be able to run one in Ottawa. We need the whole right. province to be equal because it's not fair to the kids so it's it's just it's messy um one of the things that we hope to be able to do is um actually take over the aviva center uh the outdoor courts and possibly some of the indoor if the indoor you know regulations relax and we would be able to run what we would be doing is running tournaments uh all week long and all weekend long so you know what I mean, Ken? We just schedule a whole whack of tournaments, and my staff would run them out of the office, which would, which would be easy for us. And we're doing that because our feeling is that a lot of the clubs, you know, that that fully open and they can open their clubhouses, are really going to be interested only in their in their members. Um, they're not going to be wanting to host tournaments because the members want to get on the courts and start to play in leagues and round robins and tournaments within the club so you know it, it's a messy beginning however if we get the aviva center we'll be able to run off a fair number of tournaments and i and i go to last year remember when we were all closed down as of march 16 2020 uh we reopened uh on uh, july the 8th we reopened our office and we reopened the competitive structure two days later and in that span of time between july the 10th and uh, I think it was November 18th, we ran 225 tournaments. So last wow. year, uh, the, the OTA ran a lot of tournaments. We were the only ones basically in the country that were running tournaments. And we never had an infection. Um, uh, we put in, you know, you know the protocols. I mean, I'm sure you're using them at Mayfair when you were open. And uh, there, there were absolutely no problems. And, and it will be the same again. Um, you know, the protocols will be in place. But our hope is that we could get, you know, hopefully we wouldn't be closed in November again, and we could go right through to the end of the year. And if that's so, we could end up running, you know, maybe 300 tournaments, which would let everybody at least get some competition to reestablish some form of ranking. Because, you know, one must realize that um, uh, it's been, what, 16 months? We, we haven't played a uh, – Tennis Canada hasn't held a national event in Canada. That's and right. there's been no national rankings. So, I mean, we've got kids. Think about it. If you were a kid that was uh, 16, 17 years old, you're almost out of junior tennis now. Oh, 
It's very, very complicated to get this thing back on track to the way it was, that's for sure. Uh, Jim, what can you tell us about the new OTA training center? Well, um, Ken knows a little bit about it. Well, we've been working at this for three and a half years. It's been, of course, it's been delayed again because of COVID. And uh, we've been able to get a, uh, a $1 a year lease from the city on uh, about three and a half acres of land uh, and uh, tax free. And we have to, we have to build the building. And uh, the vision of this is that it's used as a, as you know, a tournament site uh, for our advanced juniors. It'll be something. It'll be. It'll. It's a building that you've never seen the likes of before. Um, and it's. It's right now. It's before uh, the municipal board for approval because it's. It's part of a huge subdivision, and uh, well, we're very hopeful that that we'll be able to complete the project by 2024. So it's a big deal. There'll be more news coming out in the next couple of months about the the overall status and the schedule going forward. But it it looks really good. Uh, It's so exciting to hear that, Jim. Now, many of our listeners may not know this, Jim, but you've won many national titles and singles and doubles, both when in your youth and, and still now as you compete on the uh, senior circuit. Watching a player like Felix, and as many Canadians are finding, you know, you see how well he can play, and then you see the other side of the coin. What do you think the upside is for him, and, and what is it going to take to get him over the hump uh, when you watch a guy like Felix out on tour? Oh, good question. I think you can lump Dennis in there, too. Because they're, <laughs> they're basically the... I mean, there's a year different. Um, uh, tough question. He he seems to do very well, and uh, then he can lose in the first round, if you know what I mean. And Dennis is the same way. Um, you know, Dennis got up to number 10 in the world. Right. Um, too, Dennis was, was more highly ranked, and, of course, he's from Ontario, whereas Felix is from Quebec. Felix has had the benefit of the National Tennis Centre in Montreal, I mean, he's a physical specimen. I mean, Ken, you've met him, right? Yes, 100%. He's, he's huge. Um, yeah. But he's, I, I don't know. I, I just find his game, um, if you compared Felix to Dennis, Dennis, Dennis's game is more complete. In other words, Dennis can, can hit off hard on both sides. He can serve really well, and he can volley, whereas you know, Felix's strength is, is uh, his forehand, and his backhand is steady, and as we all know, his serve can go south uh, at big times in a match. I just think he needs to. St- I think both of them just need to stay out there, keep competing, and you know, just remember, Federer didn't get his stuff together until he was what, twenty three, twenty four. I mean, yep. you know, so people mature mentally at a different rate than they do physically. But physically, Felix is. I mean, he's been that way for, what, three years? He's, he's a monster. And yeah. he, it, it's just that what happens, Ken, you know what happens. You, the guys get out in the circuit, and they, and they see a play, and then the players talk about the weaknesses, and now people know how to play both of them. And, you know, I mean, just think about it. Dennis had match point on, on Nadell in Rome and lost the match. And 
you know, the guy won the tournament. I mean, he's the best clay court player in the world. And Dennis was the only one that even got close to him. And, and you know, Felix has had, you know, great wins also. But there, there's a, there just doesn't seem to be that consistency that we like to see. I think it's more mental as well as physical. I think Dennis, Dennis has a completer game. Felix has to, you know, work on his serve and, and definitely work on his volleys. And uh, if he can, I mean, he, he's such a big kid. Him coming into the net, uh, you know, is, is an awful thing to face, if you know what I mean. So there you go. Jim, really appreciate your time, and we've got plenty of other stuff to do, so we'll ask you back uh, in the coming weeks. Would appreciate you returning. Okay, Jim. Well, thank you very much. I'll call you James or Jim. Which one do you like? Well, legally James, but realistically Jim, and I think you have the same issue, right? <laughs> yeah, I know. I just say just don't call me late for dinner. That's anyway. <laughs> Thanks, Jim. Appreciate it. Okay, talk to you guys. Bye. <laughs> By Jim Boyce, CEO and president of Tennis Ontario, and there were a lot of other topics, so we'll ask him back in the next week or so. Looking to purchase a home in this busy GTA market? Do not get overwhelmed. Let Eric at Scoglin Homes guide you through the process. Eric's comprehensive buyer's plan takes the stress out of purchasing with great services, including virtual showings, access to exclusive listings from the top brokerages in the city, and a complimentary design consult once you have found your dream home. Buyer's representation is very important in a hot market. So call Eric directly at 647-300-7019 or check out scoglinhomes.com and get started. This is Tennis Talk Canada and TSN 1050 and TSN1050.ca, also available on the TSN and iHeartRadio apps. You're listening to Tennis Talk Canada on TSN 1050. Here's Jim Taddy. Welcome back to Tennis Talk Canada final segment. For almost two decades, Vince Gaetano of OwlMortgage.ca has helped educate new and existing homeowners with tips and money-saving strategies to build wealth through real estate. Stay updated with the wise old owl on his Instagram live show every Thursday at Vince G Mortgage. So let's get into some stuff here. At the top of the hour, it'll be Germany against Finland World Hockey Championships, the winner to play Canada in the gold 1 o'clock tomorrow afternoon. Canada slipped by the USA this morning 4-2. And yes, guy, normally heard at noon, will shift to after the Germany-Finland game, so 2 o'clock. Perry Lefko will join me on Yes, Guy on TSN 1050. So back to tennis. Ken Christina with me. And uh, Bianca had a, a disappointing exit, just not sharp in her first round. Yeah, absolutely, Jim. You're right. You know, lost six seven seven six nine seven to Zidancic. Um, remind, remembering that in the uh, French Open, you do not play a tiebreaker in the third set in the final set. And you know, on, when you watch the match and when you look at it initially, you think to yourself, she wasn't sharp. She lost to somebody she shouldn't have lost to. But then, as the tournament goes along, Zidancic is still in the in the tournament. She's in the fourth round. She won her third round match after dropping the first set six love. She stormed back and and won the match. Uh, you know, she's a solid player. And the problem for somebody like Bianca that hasn't played a lot of tennis, that's coming off some injuries, that there's the there's that competitive fierceness, that focus that you need to have from playing in a lot of matches. She just wasn't sharp on the big points. You know, she she. Served at 65%, winning 64% of those points. She had four aces with eight double faults, so the serving was a little bit off. Eight double faults is a little bit high. But the one point, the one stat when you watch, and, and again, almost like Felix, she hit 40 winners, which is really a, a very high number. 
for a, a three-set match uh, on clay, but she had 63 unforced errors. So she was minus 23 in that category. That's not going to get the job done on the WTA Tour. As much as Bianca is a fighter and finds ways to, you know, scrap her way through these matches, if you're minus 23, winners to unforced errors on clay, it's going to be a tough one. And I guess, the, you know, the other thing that, that kind of jumped out was she was only 6 of 13 on break points. And, you know, that word patience is going to jump out. And sometimes Bianca, you know, we, we've loved to see her go for shots to win points. But unfortunately, you've got to be a little bit more patient on some of those break points. And if she could have captured a couple more breaks, she wins that match. And she, we wouldn't be talking about her losing. She'd probably still be in the tournament because Zidansic has showed that the draw that she had was pretty reasonable. Okay, Kenny, 90 seconds, and it's a hard out because of the world hockey, so I may have to interrupt. But but let me throw this at you. What we're talking about here in tennis, and you alluded to the Leafs earlier, these are battles with adversity. And so when the adversity shows up, much like pain in a workout, that's not when you stop. That's really when you dig in harder, isn't it? Absolutely, and we've seen that from Bianca in the past, right? And I think because she's been off for so long, it's a little tough to have that same level of compete when you're out there, that same you know, that same, you know, bounce back from things not going your way. We need to see more of it from Felix. I think Dennis, much to what Jim Boyce said, Dennis is a little bit further ahead in that category. He finds a way to battle through that adversity a little bit more, almost like a John McEnroe being hard on himself, but bouncing back quickly. Layla, based on her um, press conference that we listened to, the answers to that questions, I th- the answer to those questions, I think she has what it takes to really take her game to the next level. So um, I know my 90 seconds is almost up, Jim, but I want to say go Canada, go in the finals after the uh, semifinal matchup today. I'm a huge hockey fan as well, so I'll be cheering them on. Yeah, and just uh, I can maybe squeeze this thought in. You know, it's one thing to say it as they did in the press conference. The other thing is now to take that that sort of unhappiness with your game and apply it to when it's happening on the court and make the adjustments there. Absolutely. And if I'm Felix or Felix's team, I write the word patient somewhere on his clothing, somewhere on his racket bag, on the bottom of his racket, somewhere to make him keep being patient and recognize that that's going to be the way that he's got to battle through that, be more patient, and you're going to see great things. Got to go. Thanks for joining us in Tennis Talk Canada.